Hello and welcome to Grace Lifestyle Bosch. We are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Okay? What's awesome with that is that it's saying that Jesus Christ is the same from Genesis to Revelation. Okay? Then it's, be not carried about with diverse... And oh, Let me go back to, to NLT here. It says, don't be attracted by strange new ideas. Don't be attracted by strange new ideas. Now, in the body of Christ as a whole, there's lots of strange ideas. And you might even be here and saying some of the things that you're hearing seem to be strange new ideas. <laughs> and I want to ask you the question, what is a strange new idea? Think about it for a moment. What is a strange new idea? A strange new idea isn't something that you're hearing for the first time that you've never heard before. Yeah. A strange new idea isn't something that uh, uh, sounds different to what you've grown up knowing. A strange new idea is something that's different from Jesus Christ is the same from Genesis to uh, Revelation. That's very important. Because there, we can all acknowledge that we don't know everything. And, uh, you know, in, in one of the things I've realized is I don't know everything, so if I hear something strange, I don't dismiss it. If I hear something new, I don't dismiss it. What do I do? I investigate it. And sometimes... Because I always grew up knowing this, and I always grew up thinking that, and my daddy always taught me this, and my mommy always taught me that, and my pastor always said that, we can easily uh, miss out on something that God's got for us because this is strange. But it's not strange to Jesus Christ, necessarily. So we need to make sure we're coming to the, 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 the Word and asking questions, and the Word won't get upset if you investigate. Okay? The word won't get upset if you investigate, but what often happens is we get upset when someone questions us or asks us questions or makes us question because we're actually insecure in what we believe. We don't know why we believe what we believe. We've just always believed that. So I want to challenge you, you know. Pastor Isaac sometimes shares strange things, okay? <laughs> you know, uh, 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 but don't uh, dismiss it. And don't get angry. If you get angry, then it's, uh, it reflects what's going on in your heart, not what's going on with the teaching. Okay? Don't, don't, don't uh, dismiss it. Investigate it. Ask questions. Okay? Investigate it. Ask questions because you don't want to miss out on something that God's got for you. You know, I even did this when, I, when we were in um, <clears throat> New York during COVID. A friend of mine who was in Bible college with me, um, a, a, a good friend of mine, <clears throat> for those of you who will know the, the kind of system there, at one stage, he was working with Barry Bennett, answering questions in the questions department there at Caris Bible College. So he, 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 you would think he knows something, right? And so I sat with him in New York, and I had to say to him, you know, I don't understand how you became a universalist. Can you please explain this to me? Because I, if, if I'm missing out on something, I want to know. You know? Because I trust you, I, I, you're my friend, and... Uh, I want to know, this, this strange teaching that everybody says and everyone's going to heaven, doesn't matter if you believe or not, you need to explain this to me. And so uh, he explained it to me, and I, li I listened, and I was investigating it. And at the end of it, I had to say to him, you know what, there's so many holes I can shoot in, in what you've just said because you've abused the, the Bible. I was like, there's no grounds for what you believe. Yeah. Yes, but, and then it's always based on um, experience. It's not based on the, the Word. And they're not correctly dividing the Word. But I didn't dismiss it just because I've heard universalism is wrong. What did I do? Investigated it. Okay? And I found it to be wrong. So don't, uh, don't, don't um, uh, just dismiss things. Then it says, Your strength comes from God's grace, not from rules about food, which don't help those who follow them. Basically just saying, you know, keep the main thing the main thing. The main thing is the Gospel. The main thing is what Jesus has done for you. The main thing is His grace. It's not what you do. And a lot of our arguments would be based on what we need to do. Not what Jesus has done. And so we just need to come back to that. Amen? And focus on the main thing. So Father, I thank You that as we, we get into the Word, 
I thank you that uh, we can just relax, we can be refreshed, we can enjoy this. And Father, even for those that are online or listening to the recording, we thank you that your Spirit is ministering to us all Amen. and revealing truth to us all and even comforting us if we feel too shaken up. In Jesus' name. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Hallelujah. We are together. You came back. <laughs> you guys are brave. You're back? Okay, that's good. It's a blessing, really, that you are back. So let's just pray quickly. Father, we thank you as we are gathered here unto you. We are not gathered unto men, but unto you. Father, minister to us in our hearts, in our minds, that we may see the light concerning this glorious kingdom into which you have brought us. We thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Uh, how many of you would like uh, God to come and stand in the pulpit here and teach you today? <laughs> he is not going to do that. He has sent somebody to do that. He is in the man standing in front of you, ministering to you. Amen. That's what we believe. Amen. And as I'm ministering to you, I don't just minister to a crowd. I minister to people, individuals in the crowd. Because there's no crowd mindset where you decide to be obedient or to do this as a crowd. So I target individual hearts in, a, in, a, in, a, in an audience. All of you, I target you individually. Praise the Lord. So we quickly go to the business of the day. I'm sure we'll kind of spice up things a bit today. And uh, we'll see how it goes. Somebody sent me a demon this morning. And as I was getting into uh, Pastor Shane's car, I'm all nicely dressed up. As I tried to sit in the car, my pants just split from... Wow! <laughs> who is that person who sent that demon? <laughs> so I had to quickly run back into the house and get uh, another... And, and get changed. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Please keep your demons... To the ground. <laughs> Exodus chapter 4, verse 22 to 23. I'm reading from the King James. And, and thou shalt, is the way I speak, am I too fast? Is that okay? Louder? Or am I too soft? And thou shalt, stay, thou shalt say unto Pharaoh, that says the Lord, Israel is my son, even my firstborn. And I say to thee, let my son go, that he may save me. And if thou refuse to let him go, behold, I will slay thy son, even thy firstborn. You see that in this text, there is son and firstborn. And these terms are separated for emphasis, for a reason. If we, if we were reading in the... Uh, in the Hebrew Bible, I'll just substitute those words son and firstborn with the Hebrew words, okay? Now, it will say, If thou shalt say unto Pharaoh, that says the Lord, Israel is my ben, B-E-N, that's son in Hebrew, okay? Even my bekor, or bekor, which is B-E-K-O-R, okay? So, in the Hebrew sense, you would not think that he's talking about a firstborn child, a child born, the firstborn child in a family. Then I go on to verse 23. And I say unto thee, let my bairn go, that he may save me. And if thou refuse to let him go, behold, I will slay thy bairn, even thy becorah. So, bairn is builder of a family name or a nation. One who begins and continues a family. Bekorah is, uh, it's, that's why we get the, the, the word first fruits. So Bekorah or first fruits or firstling, which means the first of a class or kind. Okay? If we come to the New Testament, the Greek will say prototokos, which is talking about a symbol of what the rest will be like. <laughs> 
Amen? Amen. So Colossians chapter 1 verse 15 is a great relief when I start going to the book, to the, to the New Testament, isn't it? <laughs> Colossians chapter 1 verse 15, I'm reading from the King James, it says, Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? Now, is Jesus the firstborn of all the sharks in the ocean? Is Jesus the firstborn of all the bulls in the pasture? Is Jesus the firstborn of all the snakes roaming around? So what creature is that? That is creation. You can substitute that word creature with creation. So he is the firstborn of every creation. This Jesus, this is Jesus taking on the, that which was bestowed on Israel. He is becoming the firstborn. That office of the firstborn, that office of the Bekorah, that office of ministry to multiply. So firstborn there is the Greek word prototokos, which is a compound word made of two words, Greek words. The first one is protos, the second one is tiktok, not tiktok, tiktok, okay, not tiktok. Alright, so protos means foremost or first in a succession of others the first in a succession of others that protos okay then the word tikto means to bring forth to produce okay it's, it's like fruit that comes so if you are a son with the rights of the firstborn then by nature you cannot remain alone From you must come forth many like you through the preaching of the gospel that comes from your mouth. Is that why, why we are here? Yes. Is that why we are here? Yes. To multiply. Yes. Are you getting it? Uh-huh. Right. Romans chapter 8, verse 29. These words that we are finding in the, in the Greek they are going back to explain or they are an attempt to explain the Hebrew words. Romans 8 verse 29. For whom he did for know, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. So the word brethren there is Adelphos, which means from the same womb. Okay? Let's go to Colossians chapter, that same verse, um, chapter 1, verse 15. I'm reading it from the American Standard Version. It says, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. So the creation that God is planning in Genesis only takes place with the resurrection of Jesus. So Genesis is not telling us about the history of creation. Genesis is not the how of, of creation, but the why of creation. Genesis will not make sense to you if you are trying to argue with a scientist about creation from that book. Because Genesis will say in Genesis 1 verse 3, let there be light and there was light. And we see that at that time there is no sun, there is no stars, there is no ESCOM, there is no electricity. So today, if we take the sun, the moon, the stars, we take away ESCOM. Where is that light? Can we find it? Can we see it? We can't see it. So it's, it's not talking about creation. I hope you got that. So which creation is this? That Jesus is the first born of. This is the creation. He's not talking about the creation of the universe. He is referring to the new creation. He is the beginning of the new creation that God planned from Genesis. Moses, when he's writing the book of Genesis, he's not giving us an account of how the universe and the world was created. He is writing about salvation. That's the subject matter. I'll quickly take you to um, 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15. I'm reading from the King James. It says... And that from a child, thou hast known the Holy Scriptures. What are the Holy Scriptures? Genesis to Malachi. Genesis to Malachi. 
Because on the day that Paul is writing this verse to Timothy, the book of Timothy is not in existence. Even the book of Matthew is not there. The book of Romans is not there. The book of Ephesians is not there. The Bible that they have in their hands is from Genesis to Malachi. These are what are called scriptures. So he is saying in this verse that from a child you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. So he is saying all the scriptures from Genesis to Malachi, they are talking about salvation through Christ Jesus. They are not talking about the creation of the universe. Didn't God create the universe? He did, but that's not what we are talking about. Amen. That's not what we are talking about. You know, if I'm teaching you mathematics and I find that you are a bit dusty, <laughs> and I go to something that you relate with easy, easily, maybe I go to oranges, I take 10 oranges. I say, Peter, you've got 10 oranges. Give me five oranges. How many oranges do you have? Five. I am not talking about oranges, plantations, gardening and stuff. I'm talking about mathematics, but I'm using oranges so that you can understand. That's what Moses is doing in the book of Genesis. He's using creation to teach about salvation. Praise the Lord. So all scriptures are to teach about salvation, not about creation. The Bible does not tell us how the world was created. It tells us who created it and why. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you. So let's go to, to um, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. Do you know there are people today who observe the Sabbath as a commandment that starts from Genesis? And in their obeying the Sabbath, they are disobeying the Sabbath. But we will not go into that today. And they think that God rested. They think God was tired. <laughs> From Genesis chapter 1 to Genesis chapter 2, he was tired. He was exhausted. He needed a rest. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. For we are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath ordained that we should walk in them. So God really did not finish creating in Genesis. Because in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, we see him creating. He has not rested. If you thought he was resting in the book of Genesis. God planned the creation, or more precisely, the recreation in Genesis. But that recreation only started with the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And will continue to the end. That's why Jesus is called the beginning and the end. The Alpha and the Omega. The first and the last of creation. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. I'm reading from the New King James. Second Corinthians chapter 5, New King James, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. So, the new creation starts in who? Christ. Anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. This is the creation that, Gen that Moses was telling us about in Genesis. But the creation did not happen in Genesis. <laughs> so, we understand sonship of Jesus in the sonship of Israel, like we said yesterday, isn't it? So, when we say firstborn, we are saying Bekorah or firstlings. Okay? We are talking about he is the first in a continuous line of first fruits. Is that the discipleship? Discipleship. You are saved. And in your own area, you are the first in a continuous line of first fruits or of disciples, which is multiplication, is that right? Yeah. So firstborn referred not to the birth order, like who's got a brother here? I want the brother who's here. Oh, yeah. 
Who is there? Is there? Is there? Is there? Are there siblings? Any siblings? We got siblings. There. Where is your sibling? No, you got siblings. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, all right. Okay. Okay. We got William. Oh, also William is in the kitchen. William and Elliot, they are brothers. But firstborn is not talking about Elliot is the first brother and then. It's not saying William is the first one, then it's not it's not order of birth, but it's rank, it's office. We are getting there. Like 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 Esau and Jacob. Okay? That's that, that it's going to be interesting that story, okay? You are walking in the spirit, man. Hallelujah. So the the firstborn is not order of birth, but it's rank, it's office, it's ministry, office. The firstborn possessed the inheritance and the responsibility of the father's plan, purpose, and work on the earth. Firstborns had a special role in the sacrificial service to accomplish the father's work. We saw that in Genesis 1.28, I'll read it quickly and pass and God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. So Exodus 4.22 is talking of the redemption of Israel from Egypt. Is that true? Exodus 4.22 it's talking about the deliverance of Israel from Egypt. It's talking about the salvation of Israel from Egypt. So they were saved to fulfill the plan of God. Is that so? Yes. Do, we have, do you have it in the, on the screen? Mm. Verse 23. So I say to you, let my son go that he may save me. That's the reason for the redemption. Or am I not reading right? Yeah. Or do I need a revelation to understand that? I need a reading and understanding the language. So, they were saved to fulfill the plan of God. Why are you saved? It has not changed. It has not changed. You were saved to fulfill your dreams. Are you saved to prosper in silver and gold? No. Why are you saved? You are saved into God's plan and purpose. To fulfill God's plan and purpose. You are not saved to fulfill your own dreams. You are not saved to fulfill your career. There's nothing wrong with your career. You are, you are saved to fulfill God's dream. And God has got a dream for the earth. You are not given the Holy Spirit so that you can use God to accomplish your desires. You are given the Holy Spirit so that God can use you to accomplish His desires. So firstborn, that Bekorah in, in Hebrew, is an office of ministry. Many will like it when we start talking about who you are in Christ and your authority in Christ and your redemption in Christ. But when we start talking about what God wants you to do, when we talk about God's plan for you, you don't want to hear that you want to tell God your plan for him. We are talking about God's plan for you, not your plan for God. Many have got plans for God. God prosper my business. God prosper this. That's, that's your plan for God. But God has got a plan for you. God has got a purpose for you. Amen. Amen. So when you start talking about that, many lose interest. Because to them, they think that redemption, forgiveness of sins, authority, and who they are in Christ is about fulfilling their plans and purposes. 
But the truth is, redemption, forgiveness, authority, and who we are in Christ is about fulfilling God's plan, God's purpose, and God's desire on the earth. We are sons to fulfill a mission. That's why God puts together the word son and firstborn. He puts them together when he's referring to Israel. He's saying you are son, and then he shows purpose to serve a particular purpose. As believers, we have to find out God's plan, God's purpose, and pursue them diligently in obedience to God's word. What exactly does God want us to be and to do? What is God's plan for us? Before there was ever the law, what we call the law. If we go to Exodus chapter 18 verse 20, I'm reading from the New King James. Exodus chapter 20 verse, Exodus chapter 18 verse 20. And you shall teach them the statutes and the laws. And let me tell you something about law. The law, depending on the context it's used, the law is not always talking about um, I want to teach you a new word with the law. It's doctrine. Okay? In the Hebrew understanding, the law was God's wisdom, God's doctrine, and God's instruction for their benefit. So it's not always a negative thing. So in many places you find the word law, you can replace it with the doctrine. Okay. And you shall teach them the statutes and the laws and show them the way in which they must walk and the work that they must do. There is for us in Christ the way we must live. There is in, in, in Christ for us the work that we must do. And you know what? When Moses is in, in Exodus teaching the children of Israel, you know what he's teaching them? what we see the promise in the book of Genesis. So the book of Genesis is the message taught to Israel in the Exodus. Praise the Lord. So there's a way we must live. And there's a work we must do. That's why we are here. Praise the Lord. So Israel was saved. They were delivered from Egypt for a purpose that they might serve God. Why do you think you are saved? Why do you think you are called son? You are saved to do what God created you for. Praise the Lord. Israel was redeemed from Egypt to save God. They were redeemed for the purpose for which they were created. And that purpose starts with salvation. Are you called to ministry? Yes. What kind of a question is that? It's a wrong question. That question is wrong. You cannot, you cannot tell a Christian, are you called to ministry? You cannot ask that question. That's a wrong question. The question should be, are you saved? If you are saved, you are saved into purpose. If you are saved, you are saved into ministry. So, I'm trying to tell you that when you say you are a son of God, don't forget that there is ministry for you. And if you don't do that ministry, God looks at you as a bastard. <laughs> I'm being gentle, isn't it? Yeah. Good. So the question is, are you saved? If you are saved... Why are you saved? You are saved into purpose. You are saved to fulfill your calling. And your calling is ministry. And what is ministry? Ministry, although it can involve serving the good goodies, the, like we're going to be eating some burros. I love South African burros. I love South African steak. I love poikos. Uh, Poikikos and snook. Oh, snook, snook. We must go to that bay. What is that? Is that hot bay? That's why we get snook in there? Please. 
I don't think we have that time. We will not have that luxury. <laughs> Hallelujah. Um, so you were saved to save. In case you think I'm saying my own stuff, let's go to Romans chapter 1 verse 19. Because you love what you call New Testament. Romans chapter 1 verse 9, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says, God knows how I often pray for you. Romans 1 verse 9. God knows how, New Living Translation. God knows how I often pray for you. Day and night I bring you and your needs in prayer to God. Whom I serve with all my heart. How? By preaching the God, the good news about his son. That's how he saved God. If you are not doing that, you are not serving good God. If you, are, if you are being very nice to your wife, and you are not doing this, you are not in the will of God. You are in the will of your wife. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> she's, she's, she's awesome, man. Hallelujah. So that's the office of the what? Bekora. Where you are serving God by preaching the gospel. I want you to understand wholesomely that term firstborn. Because it's a keyword that runs throughout the Bible. From the Hebrew scriptures to the Greek scriptures. Let's go to Genesis chapter 25, verse 29 to 34. These are the stories you don't like to read. Isn't it? You want Colossians, <laughs> Ephesians, eh? Thessalonians, Galatians. You feel like, and why? Because they are small. You want to sleep quickly. <laughs> you know why they are small? You know what? Is there somebody with a book here? I can, I can borrow. Mom, can I have your Bible, please? Praise the Lord. Oh, stuff will come out of here. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's see the, 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 the New Testament against the Old Testament. All right. Here we are. Uh, so here we are. This is the New Testament. This is the Old Testament. And you love this. Because it's easy to read, it's direct, it's good English. You don't like this. But why is this small and this big? The person who wrote, the people who wrote this, they made an assumption that as they are teaching you these things, you are reading these things. So if you don't read these things, you will not understand these things. So they will mention something here. Which you must read the whole story here so that you can understand. And we are about to do that. You see, they wouldn't be, because they are writing what is already in the book, they can't copy everything else again and transfer it to that side. So they, they made an assumption that you are still reading this, which you now call old. And because you have called it old, you have turned your backs on it. That's why your. your, your your reading of this has got a, a, your understanding of this does not stand up straight. It's got a broken leg. It stands crooked. Your understanding of this, because for it to sit squarely, it must have, it must be balanced from here. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Prophet. Genesis chapter 25, verse 29 to 34. New King James. Now Jacob cooked a stew. How many of you like stew? You have stew there. Poikikos. Hmm. Oh my God. I'm hungry. <laughs> now Jacob cooked the stew. And Esau. Let me tell you something about Jacob and Esau. Do you know that they were twins? Twins. They came from the same father, from the same mother. Okay? Do you know that? The nation coming out of Jacob is called Israel. Do you know that the nation coming out of Esau is the nation we call the Romans? Yes. 
Yes, that's what it is. The Romans that, that were oppressing Israel in, 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 in the New Testament, they, come, they, 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 are, they are descendants of Esau. This shows you that to God, it does not matter the natural birth. The children of God are by faith. Two brothers, twins, born of the same mother, same father. One nation is called Romans, Gentiles. One nation is called Israel. Amen. And the difference comes from where we're about to read now. Awesome. Remaining all we've gone through? Remaining. Remaining. So Jacob, now Jacob cooked a stew, and Esau came in from the field, and he was weary, he was tired. Verse that Esau said to Jacob, please feed me with that same red stew. It was looking nice. For I am weary. Therefore his name was called Edom. Edom means reddish, you know, that kind of the soup. Of this two. Verse 31. But Jacob said, Sell me your birthright as of this day. When somebody comes to you, you've got a battered car at the back, it's not moving, it's been stuck there for some time, and he says, Sell me that car, this car. You look at him, you want to see how much he values. What is it that he's seen in that car? That's how you're going to determine the price. So, he has found this thing worth to buy. It means he values it. Hmm. So, Jacob says, sell me your birthright this day. And Esau said, look, I am about to die. So, what is this birthright to me? That is a very derogatory statement. We'll look at it again. Verse 33. Then Jacob says, swear to me as of this day. So, he swore to him and sold him. His birthright to Jacob. And Jacob gave Esau bread and stew of lentils. Then he ate and drank and arose and went his way. Thus, or in this way, Esau despised his birthright. So, birthright here means the right of the firstborn, that firstborn, that Bechorah. The same thing we're talking about Israel. The same thing we're talking about about uh, Jesus. The same thing we're talking about you. That office of ministry. Okay. So the issue of birthright is central here. So it comes from that same word, bekora, for firstborn. It means the ministry of the firstborn. So you can see that right here we are still reading the same ministry that was given to Israel. The same ministry expected of Jacob and Esau. Hallelujah. So the issue of birthright is not salvation. Because remember, Israel had come out of Egypt, but they were to have a ministry. The issue of birthright is service, it's ministry, it's responsibility of ministering the new covenant. By the one who is already blessed. We go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6, King James. It says, We also have made who also have made us able ministers, which means we are blessed. Okay? So if we are blessed, we must what? Multiply. He has made us also able ministers of the new testament, able ministers of the new covenant. Not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter killeth, but the spirit giveth life. So we've been qualified to minister something. We've been qualified for ministry. What do we minister? We minister the new covenant. We are not under the new covenant. We are not in the new covenant. We are not above the new covenant. We are not in the middle of the new covenant. We, the new covenant, covenant has been fulfilled in us. And once it's fulfilled in us, we become custodians of that new covenant. We become ministers of that covenant. We go to the next person in whom the new covenant has not yet been fulfilled. And we serve it, we serve it to him by preaching the gospel. When it's fulfilled in him, he also has got a responsibility to take it further down the line. Are we together? Amen. That's the office of what? Firstborn, the office of Bekorah, the, 
the, we are ministers of the, of the new covenant. What is the birthright? Is the office of ministering the blessing of Abraham? Is the office of the firstborn? What was Abraham supposed to minister? Genesis 12 verse 2. I'm reading from the New King James. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. So there is, Abraham is blessed. And he must be a blessing. It means he has been made a son. And through him, God must find more sons. Multiplication. So it's not just I'm blessed. Are you being a blessing? That's ministry. Are you being a, a blessing? That's firstborn. Are you being a blessing? That's multiplication. Are you being fruitful? Are you multiplying? Are you replenishing the earth? That's the question. So this is the ministry called Abraham to. Can you see that Abraham will be blessed and then he shall become a blessing? Can you see the son and the firstborn in that statement? Can you see yourself in the blessing of Abraham? Are you in the blessing of Abraham? Yes. So you are blessed to do what? To prosper. Let me tell you something. There are these words flying around about blessing. Blessing is that empowerment in your spirit to, to, to succeed in everything you do. It's not so. Blessing is you being admitted into God's plan. You are blessed. And then to become a blessing is you becoming one or becoming a partaker of what God is doing, which is saving the earth. Are we together? Yes. I'm sure tomorrow we might develop this a little further and pick it back in, from a completely different angle. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So, he says, I'll bless those who bless you. What does that mean? Those who accept you, I'll accept them into my plan of salvation. <laughs> I'll curse those who curse you. Those who do not accept you or your message, I will exclude them from my plan. Cursing does not mean so that you don't have a child. Cursing does not mean so that you don't have money. All the cursed people have money. And it says, in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So it means, I will bless you, or I will bless those who accept you, and I will curse those who reject you. Those who accept you will be admit, admitted into my plan of salvation, and those who reject you will be rejected from my plan of salvation, which is what you do when you go to preach the gospel, isn't that so? So we are talking about multiplication here. So in Abraham, God is getting his plan of blessing, chapter 1, verse 28, rolling. Which, which plan is that? And God blessed them. And God said, we said last night we can say saved, isn't it? And God saved them, which is what he's done with you. And God said unto them, which them, these ones, be fruitful, are you being fruitful? And multiply, are you multiplying? Don't worry if you are not, you are here, so that you can leave this conference a multiplier. And replenish the earth. This is what we are called to. So let's go back to Esau. That's what we must scrutinize. I hope I'll be able to finish Esau here. Okay. So Esau says in Genesis chapter 25, verse 32, and Esau said, Behold, I am at the point to die. I'm reading from King James. What profit shall this birthright do to me? Behold, I've not yet qualified. What profit shall this birthright do to me? This ministry, this going on the mission, what shall it profit me? I've got no job. Is it going to put food on my table? That's what some of you talk like. Like Jacob. Rather, like Esau. What good is this ministry? Pastor said, he's also saying, ministry, ministry, boot camp, boot camp. Is that going to put food in my, on my table? Is that going to service my car? Is that going to send, send my children to school? You talk like that? I am identifying you so you see where you are with Esau. And you repent. Esau had no regard for the birthright. He had no regard for ministry of the firstborn. The very... Same ministry given to Israel. Let me quickly go there. There's something I want to I want to finish something before we break here. 
So Esau despised his, despised his birthright. This clause here at the end here, which concludes the episode, is a summary statement which reveals the underlying significance of Esau's actions. To despise means to treat something as worthless, or to treat something with contempt, to treat something as unimportant. Are you treating the ministry, the commission, the great commission as unimportant, and your job as more important? Choosing instead to gratify immediate and temporary pleasure at the expense of something of eternal value. Esau's willingness to sell his birthright was evidence that he considered it to be unimportant. He didn't see himself in what God was doing in the earth. He didn't count himself to be part of what God was doing in the earth. Do you see yourself in what God is doing in the earth? Esau despised the ministry of the new covenant. He despised salvation and the ministry of the gospel. Let's go. How do we know that? I am not guessing. I told you, although one book is big, one is small, they work together. So let's move so that we can work together with them. Let's go to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 16 to 17. I'm reading from the King James. Lest they be a fornicator. In all your minds, you, you have the wrong picture of fornication. All of you almost. When I say, let there be a fornicator, what entered your mind, I must cleanse it with the Bible or with the blood of Jesus. Because that's not fornication. In context here. Are we together? We'll check it out. Let there be a fornicator or a profane person as Esau, who for one morsel of meat, so this birthright. What is a fornicator? What is a profane person? For you know how that afterwards, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. After the soup has gone, the stew has gone to the toilet, he was now looking for the blessing. After the, the stew has gone to the toilet, he is now looking for the blessing. Because the stew was temporary gratification, but the blessing was a lasting value. Uh -huh. Is the Spirit of God interpreting that story to us in the book of Hebrews? Are we together? Mm, yeah. So inheriting the blessing there means to be part of the blessing. To be part of what God is doing. To participate in the plan of God. What is fornication? Who can tell me? You are shy. Let me read once more in the contemporary English version before I go to explain fornication. Watch out for immoral. It says, watch out for immoral and ungodly people like himself. Do we have immoral people here? You might say, I'm straight as a barrel. I don't have a boyfriend. I don't have the desires. I don't do such things. I am clean. But you are super immoral. You are a super fornicator. I'm going to identify you today. Without a boyfriend, without a girlfriend, without uh, uh, pornography, you are a super fornicator. Because if we go to the story of Esau, we don't see a girlfriend there. We don't see a boyfriend there. We see his father, or rather we see his brother and his mother. And that's where he did his fornication. Can you see that? Praise the Lord. These terms, fornicator and the profane, those are the Terms we use, these, these are terms we use for those prosperity gospelers. Some of them I like them as people, because I like people. But I don't like what they teach. I'll never like what they teach because it contradicts the word of God. I don't put any man of God above the word of God. Amen. So, profane means he had no respect for spiritual and holy things. A profane person is 
let me not, let me just quickly leave a lot of um, that gang. So the use of the word fornicator here seems in our age of English to suggest that Esau was in some kind of sexual sin. But I want to cleanse your mind from that imagination. If we go to the story, we just seen that there's no woman there except his mother and then there's his brother and there's his father. So the, he couldn't be doing anything with any girlfriend there. Are we together? Yes. <coughs> the same word um, fornicator is the same word used as warmonger in Hebrews chapter 13 verse 4. The same, the same uh, book. Where it says, marriage is honorable in all. Before he starts saying, can you see, Pastor Isaac, you said marriage is not important. Can you see what he's talking about? That is not talking about marriage between man and woman. Forget it. That's not what he's talking about there. Okay? The, the next two verses will, will show you that he's not talking about that. Because the next, the next verse will show you that he's talking about how many more verses? Can you put it to verse 6 there? From 4 to 6. Let's read it together. So that you see that he's not talking about your marriage. Marriage is honorable in, in all. And the bed, the bed there is not talking about your king-size bed at home. Okay? It's the English that has ruined the understanding. Where was that? And the, and the bed undefiled, but warmongers and adulterers, God will judge. That warmonger is a fornicator. That adulterer is not what you think. Okay? If you go to verse, let's, let's put verse 5 and 6. Can you put a, a chunk of verses together? Or you can only pick one at a time. It's on. Five. Where is five? There's four there. Five, yes. So the next verse will give us the context. Yeah. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Can you see where the, 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 the marriage is about? And the fornication is about? Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's the marriage vow of God, not of your husband, not of your wife. That's the marriage vow in question. Amen? I don't have time to do the, uh, the, the, the grammar there to, 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 to explain to you because that's not what we are dealing with today. Let's carry on to what we are talking about. Amen. Let's go back to Israel. Um, Romans chapter 9 verse 4. Who are Israelites? To whom pertains the adoption? That adoption is what? Birthright. Okay? That's now the word in what? In Greek now. And the glory and the covenants and the giving of the law and the service of God and the promises. So that adoption is talking about Exodus 4.22. Israel, is, Israel also rejected the birthright in their unbelief. So that's why they became a bastard. What happened to Cain? The issue about Cain and Abel is the same issue we are talking about here today. Okay? So how did Esau become an, a fornicator? He went for temporary gratification of temporal needs at the expense of saving something of eternal value and lasting value. And he exaggerated his problem. Some of you are exaggerating your problem, whether it be about marriage or lack of it. You are exaggerating, exaggerating your problem about lack of money. You've got an immediate need. You do everything to go to meet the immediate need at the expense of the need of eternal value. Sure. That's fornication. <laughs> That's profanity. What is fornication? When your heart goes to find satisfaction in someone else other than God or at the expense of God. That is super fornication. Come on. Are we together? Yes. Is the Bible telling us that? Yes. Hallelujah. Is the same issue with Abel and Cain? 
When he, say, when, when he talks about Cain, he says, uh, do I have it here? Mm. Um, uh, Cain chapter, Genesis chapter 4, verse 3 to 5, it says, And in process of time it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the, of, of the, fruit of, of the ground and offering unto the Lord. And Abel also brought of the firstlings. That word firstlings is Bekorah, firstborn, same word. It's not that God doesn't like. Uh, it's, not, it's not that God is a vegan. Is that vegan? Are there any vegans here? <laughs> vegans? No. It's okay to be vegan if you don't like if you don't like to eat meat, but you cannot be a vegan because you are feeling sorry for the animals. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Steak is nice. <laughs> Why have you decided to suffer like that? If need be, if you, if you, you know, there are people who are vegans, not by choice. Maybe they eat meat, they get some um, uh, reactions. reactions, whatever. I've prayed for so many people. I've prayed for people who had a, a wheat intolerance. I've prayed for people who could not eat meat because of rituals. I've prayed for people who could not have fish. As soon as they ate fish, the whole, the whole body would uh, react. Because why did I pray for them? Because they wanted fish but could not eat fish. So if you are a vegan because there's something wrong with uh, meat, I'll pray for you today and we'll give you meat. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So w- when he says firstlings, it shows that Abel offered himself in the office of the birthright, the office of ministry, the office of a prophet. Cain was a persecutor of the prophet of God. How do we know that? Jesus tells us in Luke 11. Luke 11 says, verse 49. To 51, he says, This is what God in his wisdom said about you. I will send prophets and apostles to them, but they will kill some and persecute others. Verse 50. As a result, this generation will be held responsible for the murder of all God's prophets from the creation of the world, from the murder of Abel. So who was Abel? The prophet of God. Isn't it? A one who speaks for God, one who broadcasts the message of God. And who was Cain? Cain is the first Antichrist. So people think Antichrist is in the future. Cain was Antichrist, the first one. Everything about Antichrist comes from that verse about Cain. Hallelujah. So it says here in verse, uh, let's take verse 51 again. From the murder of Abel to the murder of Zachariah, who was killed between the altar and the sanctuary. Yes, it will certainly be charged against this generation. So the issue about Abel was that he was a prophet. He accepted the office that Esau rejected, that Jacob coveted for. Amen? That Israel rejected. We can go to Noah. Noah went for that office. Praise the Lord. So, so, this is what is before us. We must accept to function in that office that Abel accepted, that Noah accepted, that Jacob coveted for, that Esau despised. So, despising that office is prostitution. It's a hollow tree. Mm. I want to challenge you to go and read the book of Jeremiah. You will see a lot of prostitution Hollow tree. What other word do they use? There's another word. Prostitution, hollow tree, adultery. There is another word. They are not talking about what happens between a man and a woman. They are talking about what happens between the heart of man and God. Yeah. Read the book of Genesis of Jeremiah. All of it. Read in good versions, New Living, whatever, New King James, you see that. That's what God is is, 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 is teaching about in those books. Praise the Lord. I think I'll stop here to continue. Amen. Amen. Listen, like uh, uh, Pastor Shen said, we're going to have questions and answers, whatever. Write all the questions you have. And don't feel sorry for me that ah, I'll put him to shame. You cannot put me to shame. I did not write the gospel, the Bible. Don't feel sorry for me. If during my teaching a question comes, Write it down. If I'm a teacher of the word, I must be able to answer questions. There is no teacher who teaches his students and then he says, don't ask me questions. 
How do they learn? So right, even that person you think is very hard, write it. Who answered by the Bible? Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. You can find more of our free teachings on our website, www. And if you're ever in the Stellenbosch area, we invite you to join us for one of our gatherings. Our aim is to help you discover Jesus, find family, and experience life. To contact us, or to find out where and when we meet, visit our website, www.gracelife.co.